1: If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb.
2: Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com/slash host.
0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Smashbox TV's episode 492's After Show. It's just me. Terry Miller's gone. He's in Kosamui. I don't blame him. It's ten o'clock here, and for that guy, it's I don't know, probably like ten in the morning or something dumb. He's gonna go have an, a a fun day on the island. I have no clue what time it is in Kosamui. I just made that up, but I know it's earlier than here because it's daylight. It's more sometime in the morning. So uh, thanks to Terry for, for coming. And I know we had some issues with the video for him. He was trying to use his phone at first and it was really choppy, dropping frames. I think that just maybe his phone's Wi-Fi antenna isn't as good as his computer's. So we went to the computer and then he couldn't get his camera to work. So we just went with the static image of Terry Miller for the regular show. But a uh, huge shout out to Luke as well for joining and talking about Koh Samui. I found a picture of both of them that is probably very flattering to both of them these days. It was probably taken five or six or seven years ago. It is exactly 10 o'clock. What are we going to talk about tonight? I got some information from Ray, a question asking about the Apple Vision Pro. Hmm? What are we doing with it? Tim Kortz talking about the Grammys a little bit.
2: Let's start with
0: the Grammys. He says, on a scale of 1 to 11, rate Tracy Chapman's performance.
2: It's an infinity. It was a, it was
0: a perfect performance. And I know it sounds slightly cruel, but I wish the other guy wasn't there. Luke Combs, is that his name? I'm, i am I'm glad Luke Combs brought this song back into the limelight. It's a song I grew up with. And I I vividly remember the video on MTV constantly. And so the the couple million dollars she probably made on royalty and royalties is great. I'm I'm very happy. So I can't blame him for being there. He helped bring this back and, and bring her back into the spotlight. Um, I was fortunate enough to see Tracy Chapman live when I was younger. Um, I did not appreciate it like I should have because she's a phenomenal artist. And my, my wife is a big fan, um, over in the room, just on the other side of the wall over here. My wife has, I think two different CDs of Tracy Chapman. Yes, I said CDs and she listens to Tracy Chapman on her Pandora station, um, I saw her at the Tibetan Freedom concert in '99. I was not there to see her particularly. I was there to see Rage Against the Machine, Rage Against the Machine, Marquee, Run DMC, and the Beastie Boys. Like basically the last four people at the show. There were other concerts that there were other people that were there. Uh, Eddie Vedder was there. One of his uh, an early solo act. Tracy Chapman was there. The band Live. Remember Lightning Crashes? They were there. I'd have to look at some of the other bands that were there. Bismarcky ended up not showing up, so instead we got like an extended Beastie Boys Run DMC show, which I will say I was not impressed with the Run DMC portion of the Beastie Boys Run DMC. Um, shocking for me, I know, um, but I I got to see all them live. So, and I like I said, I didn't take advantage of the Tracy Chapman. Thing nearly as much as I should. I remember going to get concessions when she was on and hearing her play and thinking, like, oh, this, you know, I I like Tracy Chapman. She's good. This was in 99. And thinking, like, oh, this is a, you know, I I like Fast Car. Obviously, everyone knows she had one other big hit at the time. I forget exactly the name of it, but it took forever to get concessions. By the time I was done, every artist got like 30 to 40 minutes. So she played. I think literally all of like six songs, um, but I will say the performance down the Grammys. There is no scale between one and eleven. I watched that on my phone because I didn't watch it live, and I got goosebumps because it was so good. She sounded so good. She looked so good. Um, just it's exactly what you imagine, and she sounded like she stepped up. I truly hope that she takes this opportunity. She's kind of been kind of a, I don't say a hermit. But I've looked in the past about, because my wife is a fan, I've looked for, like, oh, when can we see Tracy Chapman? And realizing a couple of years ago she hadn't toured in forever. I hope this gets her out on tour. I really do. And I don't know if it's something she's interested in or whatnot. But I would 100% go see Tracy Chapman on tour. So I don't know if there's a scale that can measure the amount of pure happiness and joy that I think emanated from that stage and how I felt about that particular song. Um, the fact that it's got this really big following now is awesome. And I know there was, it's, again, as Terry said, it's the internet. In the middle of the song, they they cut to Taylor Swift, who was standing up and just singing along and really excited. And there were a lot of people that were like, oh, gosh, get her off the screen. This is Tracy's moment, blah, blah, blah. But I just think it goes to show, and I'm, I'm not a Swifty. Sorry, Hannah Macbeth. You know, you know, I love you, but uh, I, I, I don't think I can name more than two Taylor Swift songs. Shake It Off and Love Story. Those are the two I know. I know I've heard a few more, but whatever. Um, watching Taylor Swift be so excited for other performers always makes me happy. She seems like she's the first person to get up and just cheer for other artists, and it's great. So um, overall, I think Tracy Chapman is... It put her in a bubble because I, I hope she has more music left in her career. But uh, it, it was awesome. I, I I can't say enough about it. It almost brought tears to my eyes. It was so great. What else do we have on the show? Um, yeah. R.I.P. Toby Keith. R.I.P. Carl Weathers. You know, uh, <laughs> we a lot of people know Carl Weathers as. Um, Happy Gilmore's coach, Chubb, Chubbs. I know him as Apollo, Apollo Creed. So that uh, that is, uh, you know, we we lost two stars this week. But it's, uh, you know. Yeah, Matt Sarah says, I was there, Johnny. Run DMC pretty much warmed up the whole time. A hundred percent right. You nailed it exactly because I felt like the entire time they were just like, you know, Can I get a, yeah, yeah. Like they just, there was so little performance and it felt like just them trying to warm up the crowd for the Beastie Boys. I don't know. I was really there to see Rage Against the Machine because at the time, I'm still a big fan, but that's what I was really there for. Um, Let's talk about Ray's question. Ray's asking about the whole Apple Vision Pro thing. What is the point of it? Do you remember Google glasses from like 2009? Yes, I remember Google glasses from 2009. A different experience that was way more AR than VR. These are much more VR glasses, regardless of what Apple wants to brand it as. I will not be getting an Apple Vision Pro unless I can get Smashbox to pay for it. Terry, do you care if I drop 3500 bucks on an Apple Vision Pro with a company card? I'll listen for your answer. I don't hear anything. Maybe that's a yes. No, uh, that's a no. I'm sure if he was listening, he'd say no. It looks really cool,
2: but it looks really useless right now.
0: I I, I don't see a a point of it quite yet. I've got a Quest 2 in the other room that I gave to my son for Christmas. No one plays with it. Nobody. I don't play with it. My kid doesn't play with it. It's probably got a total of like three hours worth of uh, Beat Saber on it, <laughs> and that's about it. I should use it for working out is what I should use it for, but I don't. It's just kind of a pain finding a nice open space, walking around. And I know Apple Vision Pro is a little different. I think it's more of a stationary environment and not so much of a get up and walk around and like the, the Oculus is. I'm seeing all these... And most of them are probably just clout chasing YouTube videos of people like wearing their Apple gear, these giant goggles out to lunch with another person. I saw one of a guy driving a, a, one of the cyber trucks with, uh, with one on. And if you get caught wearing the Apple Vision driving a vehicle, immediately just pull you that person's license. Don't ever let them take it, take it away for five years. Right away for being so stupid, just so stupid, just the worst. Those are the worst people in the world. If I saw someone like that, I'd get in front of them
2: and I'd just break check them, eh, you know. But
0: that's just me. Um, I think, I mean, Apple's going to do what Apple's going to do. Uh, my understanding is it's really, it's a really, really cool environment until it's not. It's heavy it puts strain on your neck it you know it's got some really cool like you can you can project your screen into it which i think is awesome and manipulate it with your fingers you know like a like it's on, it, it's got cameras that watch where your fingers and what your fingers do but those those particular aren't tied to you so if somebody else jumped in front of you and did it they would control what you're seeing which i think is kind of crazy and strange but I don't know of another way around it. Um, I mean, if it, if I had if I had to pick a uh, some sort of VR setup, it would probably. I guess it depends what I'm looking to do. If it's for games and stuff, and you want to use it right now, I'd go with, an, with one of the new Oculus's. But if I'm looking for more productivity, I'd probably go with the Apple. With the potential that it has for in the next three to six months to have all the cool stuff. And I guess if you live, imagine that like this might be really good for disc golfers. Now hear me out.
2: You live in the van life. So what can you put in your van? You,
0: you, don't, you don't need a TV in your van. But imagine being able to put on the, the Vision goggles. You're, you're hanging out after a round. You, you, you sit down. You sit back. You open up the web browser to the Disc Golf Pro Tour, and you have in your vision what appears to be like a 60-inch or maybe 70-inch TV. Now, the downside is clearly you can't share that, so it is a a lonely person's (laughs) tool, but I could see something something like this for van lifers that don't necessarily for, you know, husband and wife or someone that doesn't have kids that doesn't have a TV or room for a big TV this kind of makes up for that. So there are scenarios where I think it's useful. I I just I have a hard time believing it's useful for any sort of productivity or anything that anyone really needs to do yet. We'll readdress this in 6 months and see if that changes. Maybe there's a killer app that we're not sure of. I mean, when the iPhone came out, they didn't even have an app store. And it wasn't until I think the next generation that they opened up the app store and you could start doing crazy things. And to be honest, the very first viral apps that came out, you remember what what they
2: were? There were two things. Flashlights and farts.
0: Who knew? Everybody had a flashlight app. And it was the coolest thing. And everyone had a stupid fart app where you push the button and it would make different farting noises. Those were the two biggest apps like when it, when the app store first opened up now, obviously we've got all sorts of different apps now and anything you can imagine. So um, maybe there's going to be something very useful for the vision pro. I just don't
2: see a point in it yet. Maybe when it gets cut
0: half in half in price and then we move from there. They sold almost 200,000 of them. You figure you sell 200,000 of them at, at $3,500 a piece, plus accessories. Um, let's just say, I think I think it was just shy of 200,000, but let's just say 200,000 uh, times 3,500. Yeah, they made about $700 million. Now, assume that there is, knowing Apple, they've got a good profit margin, but Whatever that is, if that's ten or fifteen percent, you know, maybe maybe they made a hundred million dollars, seventy
2: million, it ain't a bad gig if you can get it. Ray asks, do people
0: do people got to develop apps particularly for the goggles? Um, no. You can just, there is a checkbox that lets you, that allows you to take regular apps and just, if you already have an app, put it into the Google, uh, or I'm sorry, the Apple Vision. But clearly, I think they want you to be going into and and developing unique apps. The funny thing is, YouTube 3D, YouTube uh, 360 doesn't work with the Vision Pro yet. There's a lot of things that just don't work with the Vision Pro yet. So, I don't know. if, If I were to, I would again. That's just me. I would wait at least six months to see what happens with these things. So, yeah, as Buzz Swan says, they have a very small use case right now. It's an isolating tech, and I don't know if people want that right now. Do do we want something that is going to isolate us more than we already are? Because let's be honest, right now as a culture, we're, uh, there's a lot of us, and I'm not gonna, you know put myself out of this thing that we, we don't go out nearly as much as we used to. Me, I go to work. I come home, hang, spend time with my family, drive my kid to school. Um, he, he's, he gets to go to school and, and spend time with his friends. But when he's not, he'd rather be home on the, on his computer with his friends. You know, I, his friends live three blocks away. I ask him all the time, you want to go hang out with them? He's like, why? They only have one computer. Now, what are we going to do? And that's that's a little sad. Now he's on the volleyball team, so he's doing that. And he's on the robotics team. He's really excelling at robotics, which I think is awesome. Um, he got a little humble brag for my kid. He got picked to go on the travel team to the, the Midwest competitions as a freshman, which isn't – they have a very large team, and they take about half of it to the travel. And he got picked for that. So he gets, he's going to go to Duluth, and then he's going to – there's one here in Milwaukee, and – whatever I'm excited for him but uh, but yeah it's uh, he's a nerd like me I can't blame him probably, probably smarter than me Ray asked me what's the last movie I went to was it probably a Marvel movie mm, I didn't go see I didn't go see the Marvels I don't know what was before the Marvels what was the last Marvel movie before the Marvels I didn't see Indiana Jones which I wanted to
2: Hmm. It was probably that. Maybe Flash.
0: I wanted to go see the Flash, which I thought was okay. I'm looking forward to the Marvels. I think it's probably a decent movie. I just honestly, I just didn't get a chance to get out to the theater once it comes on Disney Plus, I'll be all over it. So. I know I, w- I want to talk to Joe Revere about their robotics team. And, and, and kind of pick his brain a little bit about like all the different things. Like he says, yeah, they have multiple teams. So I don't know if that means they build multiple robots. My, my kid has a really big team, but they work on one robot and there's different, they've got like a scouting team where they scout other teams. They've got a communications team. They've got, he, he was telling me how he was building a bumper. He was catting it out basically, or, or, or 3d, some, whatever 3d design program they use. And doing a bunch of that. And then they were doing assembly. They've got a robot reveal in a week. So where they get to reveal the robot to all the parents. And and then in two weeks, they go on this big trip. So, which I will not be going. I won't be driving six hours to Duluth for a robotics competition. Um, I will go to the Milwaukee one when it's here in town. But it's fun to let the kid just go. I hope he goes and gets into not too much trouble. They won't like that. But a little bit of trouble. Racist your Enthusiasm is back. I, I was never, I, I haven't watched any, to be honest.
2: Um, I know that uh, that might be
0: sacrilege for some people. I never, and maybe I am uh, shadowing it. I was never a f- big fan of Seinfeld. I mean, obviously they have, it's, it is what it is. I think I've seen every episode practically, or at least every, th- there's not a lot of Seinfeld references that get past me. But I never made it a point in my day to like, I got to sit down and watch Seinfeld. I got to make sure to catch up and watch. It just wasn't my thing. And Curb Enthusiasm seemed obviously a little, because it was based on Larry David, a little Seinfeldy. So I never really got into it. Um, I think I've maybe seen a half episode. So it's probably great, just not my thing. At some point, maybe I'll watch it when I get old and grumpy too. So Super Bowl coming up. This weekend, would you bet against Mahomes and the Chiefs this weekend? Would I bet against them? No. No, 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 I wouldn't. Um, it. The 49ers have shown over the last three weeks that their defense isn't as good as we thought. And Andy Reid, with two weeks of work, I mean... He's so good, that coach Andy Reid is so good, and Mahomes is just—he's such a good quarterback. He just doesn't turn the ball over. Would I bet against them? No. Um. I don't know, man. I, I'm I'm probably picking the Chiefs. I'm hoping the Chiefs win. I'm picking the Chiefs, but it's not going to shock me if San Francisco comes out and just starts throwing all over them, and the Chiefs can't—and the Chiefs can't keep up. And the only guy on the the 49ers that I really would like to see, like, it'd make me feel good for him to get a a Super Bowl ring would be McCaffrey. I think I said that last week, Christian McCaffrey. I had him on my fantasy team for many years. Um, I ended up getting rid of him. I got Jamar Chase instead. Because McCaffrey was starting to have down years, so I I let him go as my keeper, and I kept Jamar Chase, who was, like, a rookie at the time. And clearly, maybe that was a mistake now. Who knew? Um, but still, I think that uh I I I think I'm pulling for the Chiefs. Tim says the 49ers should have lost both games. Yeah. Probably should have if the Packers could catch interceptions. It would have been Packers Lions and then we you never know who's going to win um if the Lions didn't just absolutely just fold into themselves. Then it would have been, you know, it would have been the Lions. So 49ers are
2: vulnerable, so we'll see.
0: Tim says it hurts, but he's rooting for the 49ers, mainly for McCaffrey. Yeah, again, that guy went through some really bad years with uh, with, with the Panthers. And, and he got out, and he got on a competitive team. It's good to see, because he is a, a superstar. So. Anything else we need to talk about? Is there anything else going on in disc golf for the news that we we need to talk about? Um, I'm really hoping my developers get what I'm what I'm calling the granular scoring setup. So more or less, you know, if a person gets a birdie, you get two points. If they get a par, you get like one point. If you get a bogey, you lose points. Um, I'm really hoping my developer can get that set up. I had some really grandiose ideas for Skip Ace this year had a huge list of upgrades and what that I wanted done. And we almost didn't get any of them because we redesigned the back end of the site. So it, disappointed is a word I would use. I'm disappointed in the, the progression of the site this year. I've been always really happy this year. I know what had to be done is, you know, it's like going in for an oil change. You're not getting anything fancy, but your car's probably your car needs it. That's what my site went through this year, and as, mu- as much as I was so excited for some of the potential to not have that come to fruition yet, it still could, but not yet. It, it, I'm not gonna lie, it leaves a little tiny pit in my stomach. But what are you gonna do? You know, you just you keep rolling. You do what you can do, and then. You know, cuz i can't program it anymore i'm not a, i'm not a very good laravel programmer even with chat gpt using helping that out i'm not that good the guys i got to hire the guys i hired though are really good like they do talks at like the big laravel php conventions like that's how good they are they know all the the big php guys and i know that sounds so lame and nerdy but there is a community out there and they're they're up there so i'm excited for what the site will become Just not this year. Maybe.
2: So. Did you
0: desegregate the bench, says Robert Goikey. What do you mean by desegregate the bench? I don't know if I understand that that question.
2: I'm assuming you're talking skip-base and not, like, racial overtones. Desegregation. I don't know.
0: Um. Theron Hobbs says his Panther seasons weren't always bad. No, like the his seasons were pretty good. The Panthers, mediocre. Oh, FPO and MPO limits. No, nope. again, we didn't get to that. It is it's it is in the list. It's literally on the list as far as like, how many you want this? How many you want that? Like, I get it. Like, totally. It, it's it's on my, I think I've got probably 25 to 30 different things I, uh, that, not that I wanted to get to, but that are on my upgrade list, and that is one of them but literally we re we completely upgraded Laravel. We upgraded view it's called, which is, I think is a front end for, for what we're using and got the live scoring in with the PDGA updated like the little avatar so you know it used to have like a little circle around it if it was a if your player was coming playing in the next event i changed it so it's a big so it's a green like a neon green hopefully to avoid any sort of colorblindness it's a neon green circle yeah
2: i don't know so there was again very little updates this year it was it was a lot of just
0: going in for a checkup so i pronounced uh i pronounced Hobbs' name right good i I don't want to say it again now because i I might i might uh, i might mess it up um
2: is there any other news obviously
0: we talked about we talked about the grammys we talked about the super bowl coming up I don't think there's a lot of other news going on. do you
2: Podcasts have I been listening to? um a lot of the verge decoder
0: looking at my podcast list right now. things that I like to listen to. I listen to the upshot, of course, a little disc golf action you know they they obviously put out a good thing. I obviously talking about InfoSec News, which is a, a cybersecurity one, because that's for my regular day job. Yeah, that's what I've been focused on. Obviously the Party podcast. Gotta give them a shout out. They had an interview with Macy Valadias last week. And it was pretty good. So as always, huge shout out to Hannah and Christine.
1: So
2: Oh, did I ever figure out
0: the spinning wheel of death on work computers? Yeah, uh, no, not officially. So what I found out is when my users logged in, it just spun and spun at um, setting up or uh, the u- user profile is setting up. I forget exact exact error. And then I would watch the memory of the computer whoop, go through the roof, basically max out. And users would just freak out. So I downgraded all of my servers to 2019 from 2022. And I, put, I left one 2022 server in there. And just today, the 2022 server did the same thing. It freaked out. So I don't know. So I disabled it. I do not let users log into it. I don't know if it's just the 2022 servers that are running into some weird issue with the software that we have. And the 2019s are working fine, which I'll, I'll live with. I, I don't need to be on 2022. I, I did it because I was rebuilding some servers and why not? but i I had an, I had a third party company which I've never done before, never. like there's so very rarely has there ever been a tech problem I haven't been able to figure out on my own. and this one just stumped me. so I had a third party tech company come in some some expert and he was going through some programs that I haven't touched in a decade, decade and a half. Uh, Procmon and Proc Explorer and all these other things that I did look at but I didn't get into like he did and he couldn't figure it out either he's like well we see this is happening but we don't know why but it doesn't seem to be happening on these we don't know if it was a an old version of an antivirus a- application because we kind of updated that but those servers had a slightly older version on it like one version pat- back even though it was a newer server because it was an old either way we didn't exactly figure it out but I think we've solved the problem so that's nerd talk for john's work um, talk about frustrating. I hate a problem that i can't solve i I consider myself very tech savvy i should i'm an i t manager but like a lot of times management is just management. I work in a, a big company with a small department, so I have my hands in everything obviously, as we know you know doing the whole pro tour stuff i I, I consider myself a tech technologist
2: like i kind of like to know everything and it bothered me bothered me a lot i'm not gonna lie um but if
0: if this fixes it i'm just gonna let it go gotta gotta be able to let it go hobbs asks when will terry return to wisconsin um gosh not for a few weeks yet because i think next week he'll be in bend for the all-star he might be in Bend two full weeks. I don't know. And then he comes back. So my guess is the mid to end February is when he'll be back in Wisconsin. Rasks, you ever listen to Tour Life? They actually have a pretty good show. I honestly haven't. I know they, they're they up against us now, I think, on Tuesday nights. Um, So they're my mortal enemy now, basically. I'm going to sneak up on Yuli and just put him in a sleeper hold. Put that guy out. But I honestly I, I don't really listen to Tour Life. I'm sure they have a great podcast. I think I mean Brody's a a public person. He's very good behind the mic. And I'm, I'm sure they do a, a great job. I just I'm a little bit spoiled. And the re the only reason I listen I listen to the party podcast because it it's a perspective just like Ladies of the Chains. It's a perspective that I don't have and I don't necessarily know if I can see. Because it's it's a it's a it's a female perspective and I, I give them so much respect. I listen to Upshot because I think Charlie has um in general a pretty good take on what's going on business wise. No offense to Charlie or Josh, but they're interviews I can give or take. Me. I don't necessarily think they're doing anything special with that. Nothing that we're not doing, nothing that every other podcast isn't doing. Like it's nice to hear things. I listened to the page Pierce podcast. They had the CEO from chess.com. I listened to that today. Um, they do a good job. I'm not going to, you know, talk shit about him or anything, but it just, the interview isn't what I'm, I'd rather hear Charlie's take on things. And a lot of times, you know, the stuff that they're talking about, the stuff that Charlie's talking about, he's known for weeks or months, just like us with the Udisc thing. Like I, I knew two months ago that, that the, that there was a breakup coming and we just couldn't say anything. Because the, they had to get all their, you know, their eggs together, and they had they had to make sure everything was was set before anything was leaked. Um. So I I do like to hear Charlie's take, but as far as tour life, like I'm sure it's a fine podcast. I I, I like both those guys. It's just I don't think it brings anything to the table for me. You know I'm not I'm not necessarily looking for a a a, a fun podcast about disc golf. I, I'm here to consume information, so maybe I'll give it a shot at some point. Like I said, both those guys, Yuli has been a, a regular on our show. He's a good friend. Um Brody has been on the show quite a few times. I, I like Brody. I think he's good for the sport. I think he brings a lot of good things to the sport. And uh yeah, so. Ray says Yuli has elevated his profile a ton online. Does he have someone helping him plan and execute his social media and YouTube stuff? I'd be willing to bet he does. I think he's got a, a, a an editor. I don't think Yuli does the editing himself, so I think that he probably brainstorms ideas and then works with an editor. At one point Yuli reached out to me about editing. This was years ago, probably four, five, six years ago. Um I, I couldn't dedicate time to it because he kind of was like we talked about it. He had these ideas and that he, he just needed someone to kind of put the, put, the puzzle, put the pieces together after doing filming. And it was kind of hinted at whether or not I'd be interested. And I just, at the time, the pro tour was, it took up a lot of my time. And there was no way I could spend additional time away from my family that I was already neglecting for, uh, for something like that. So, I, I mean, yeah, Yuli does a really good job. And I'm, uh, I'm, I'm very proud of what he's, he's accomplished or doing. Tim says he saw Christine tonight at a DDG meeting.
2: I don't know what the DDG is. Is that like your local Ohio disc golf meeting? I don't know. Ray, you're
0: right. Terry and I have talked about it for years. That we need an intern to make clips and thumbnails and all this other stuff. Um, we don't have the benefit of a, like a shop where we can also earn money. Cause the podcasts, I'll tell you what the, the, theirs and ours and almost any podcast. They're not really, if you think about the amount of effort that goes in versus like the sponsorship and stuff, none of them are making money. You know, it's, it's all a, it's a, it's a sale, you, you know, he's selling foundation. If you value your time at what you should be making per hour, um, odds are you're not making money especially when they have, you know, two or three guys there. But I, I would love, you know, an intern that be, that's able to take clips from our shows and and put it up on social media. Make better thumbnails than what Terry and I create, you know. It, maybe maybe we need to make like some of those surprised faces like I can't believe he said this. Something dumb like that. It's not it's not our thing. But it would be cool. So um well originally i I had talked to Terry years ago about having Gary do that, Gary to the O, but Gary has well exceeded and excelled at what he's doing with the pro tour, as you know, he was hired on for the pro tour. He is no longer even working in the control room he is now like their director of engineering, so he has more or less taken everything that I did and taken it under his wing and i'm 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 so proud of him, you know he he just understands the technology. very well. I don't want to say quite as well as me, but maybe, you know, I don't know. I don't know some of the stuff he's working with these days. So maybe maybe he, maybe he is, maybe he's surpassed me at this point, um, with the engineering, with the video engineering, not so much the computer stuff. I'll still, I'll still run circles around that boy. So, but, uh, with a lot of the engineering stuff. So I'm really proud of Gary.
2: Brixton, welcome to the show.
0: Looking forward to... uh, I've got all my cards over there. So many sealed boxes. They're just sitting there, just collecting, hopefully, value. I think there's even a box... um, There might be a box upstairs. I've got a box upstairs, and I don't know why, but it's sitting next to my dryer, still in the sealed envelope, whatever box is in. It's a big UPS box or something, FedEx or something. I don't know. I walk past it every day. I should bring it down here. I should look at what's in it, and I should put it on my shelf. But I keep walking past it. And I'm not lying when I say it's been there for two months. Why do we do that? Is that a guy thing? Like I look at it, and I think, oh, yeah, I should bring that downstairs at some point. But I never remember when I'm walking down here. In fact, I put, uh, I put some paperwork. Put my PDGA renewal on the bench right next door downstairs. What I do tonight? Walk right past it. Didn't even think about it until this exact minute. Maybe it's just a me thing. But you've been seeing golden era boxes go for 350 a pop? Oh, wow. Yeah, I think I've got two of them over there. I see one right there. There might be one behind it. Can't tell from where I'm at. 350 a
2: pop, huh? Mm. Well, I'll hold on to it. I'm not in any hurry to sell it. I says I wonder how the bricks and cards have sold overall. Now I think pretty well. Um, and I know this is a collecting thing. But I know
0: Terry kind of expressed frustration. I don't have the same frustration exactly, but it's it, it is harder to collect when you know you can't collect a full set, or it's so difficult or so expensive. But it's it's cool when you pull one of those really, really rare cards. But, uh, yeah, I always, I buy the base set every year. Whatever the base set is of the D- Disc Golf Pro Tour, I buy, like, two of them every year. Two or three of them, and I just leave them in the box, and I put them away. And I'll usually buy a few packs and then open them, just for the fun experience of opening packs. I think that's really what it i is. is. I'm, I'm no longer, unlike, like, the first... Two years, I'm no longer trying to collect every card. I don't. I I think it's uh, it's it's fruitless
2: for me to try to do that. So,
0: but I think I think Brixton's doing all right. You know, good for them. Hopefully, they're you know, someone's got a full time job doing that. I hope doing Brixton stuff.
2: Yeah, Ray says, a completionist
0: collector isn't going to be happy with the Brixton approach. Um, yeah, and and that's that's part of me, and that's totally Terry. Um, I like what they're... Again, I love what they're doing. I think Brixton has brought a professionality to the disc golf card market above and beyond what I thought was already really nice cards for those early 2015-2016 sets, of which I have two or three.
2: So... I
0: do. Um, other than that, I've been working in my garage. Honestly, I spent the whole weekend in there. It felt really good. It was a little chilly, but it felt good. Um, I built a giant wood cart. So I've got a bunch of offcuts, plywood, two by fours, just a little a real little bit of hardwood. That I built a big cart that I can store it all in. Because it was either stacked up in the corner or some of it was on some uh some like french cleats that i had like that it was it was just stacked. And so now i have it in a cart and i realize i'm out of space. I filled up my cart pretty quickly. So i need to build something out of some plywood in order to uh free up some space. So that might be my project uh maybe this or next weekend. I want to build like a little like a little cabinet for my garage and hang it up there so i can just put more crap into it. because that's what I want to do, right? I eventually want to build some cabinets for our laundry room, but I've never built cabinets before. It doesn't look hard.
2: I'm sure it's harder than I expect it's going to be,
0: but it's just some uppers. Shouldn't be too bad. I've got a, um, a sprayer that I might use to spray them. I might have to go get a different sprayer if I just want to paint them or there's a, a, There's a uh, a hardwood place over probably about five or six miles away that has, like, this really cool, unique veneered hardwood that we might look at for the laundry room. Just a bunch of uppers. That's it. Five of them I think I need. I need to build five uppers, probably some sort of slab front, not a shaker style, which is the kind with a little rim around it. Although shaker style, I don't mind them. I don't think my wife wants it. We'll see. That's what I've been doing. Spending time in my garage, trying to organize it, take back the garage because it had become a little bit chaotic where I was having to move stuff just to get my car in, which I don't want in the winter, even though our winter has been kind of yucky. So. Maybe I'll post some pictures on the Discord of my garage. And I got my son in there to help me build some tool holders, some French cleat tool holders for like my jigsaw and my, er, ta- not my table saw, my uh, circular saw. It's fun. It's fun to get my kid in there. He likes building stuff and designing stuff, which is, which is good. Buzz says, gets harder as you try to make something the wife likes, I'd imagine. Yeah, I don't know. Her and I have different, like, we go back and forth. She's very much a mid century modern. she really likes um finding like classic things that are maybe just a little... and usually they're a little beat up. We had one end table restored, and then she gets great deals on them like we've got this set of end tables I forget the name of them, but I looked them up the other day and they're like, like if you want them, if you want to get a nice set it's like twenty two hundred bucks, and I think she bought them for a total of. Two hundred and fifty dollars. One of them had to be redone because she goes to, like these real resale shops and she snags things that people don't know that are worth like good money. I don't understand it. I don't care to understand it. I'm just happy that happy she settled with me. <laughs> but uh, and it's not like she's collecting them just to turn around and sell them. We're just going to use them because they fit into our house. So is the housing market insane in my area? Yeah. Probably, yeah, it's, I wish it was more insane because that would help my job. That would help my company, the company that I work for. With interest rates edging back up, I don't think, uh, I think we either as a people need to get used to 7 to 10% interest rates, which isn't historically crazy. It's crazy if you look at the last 10 to 15 years, but if you look back historically, not nuts.
2: I think that's what we're gonna have to do, but it would be nice if they started edging
0: down so people could do refinancing, because I mean I'm not breaking any news here when I say that you know, people that want to either upgrade or downgrade. If you're empty nesters, you want to downgrade. Usually if you're a younger couple, you want to upgrade. If you're already in if you're already in a house, you probably only have like a three to five percent interest rate, and you don't want to upgrade and get a 7 to 8% interest rate because you're not getting a much better deal that way. So if interest rates drop, but in general the market is hot, the, 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 the things that are selling are still selling fast and they're selling high. It's just that people aren't selling because they don't want to move. So I just think we either need to wait a few years and get used to the new interest rates or
2: we need to lower the
0: interest rates. But I don't know. I don't know the right answer. I would love it if housing prices dropped, though. I know most people that own a house don't want the value of their house to go down, but I would be okay with that. I'm going to live here forever, probably. So if this house was worth, you know, a hundred thousand dollars or a million dollars, it doesn't matter to me. And the more the more it's valued at, the more taxes I pay. <laughs> um, I, I think housing is inflated right now, and all the values. I would love to see them drop, like. because we need, we need people to be able to buy houses. We need young
2: people to be able to buy houses. I don't know.
0: Tim says he's at 4% and he needs to downgrade at some point. Yeah. The problem is downgrading. You'd think that you're going to like, if you have a a $400,000 house and you're going to downgrade to a $250,000 house, but you're paying more in interest for the $250,000 house, the downgrade doesn't feel as downgradable. I don't know. Ray says, "Do you foresee your family staying in your house after your kids are older?" Yeah, yeah, Ray, I do. As I was saying, I don't plan on leaving my wife. I think I'm going to have to literally drag her out of here, probably cold, <laughs> as uh, as she says. We're we're forty, we're in our mid forties right now. Um, I, as many of you know, I I have a daughter with special needs. I don't foresee her ever moving out. I think she's uh, she's basically a twelve year old with a five year old. Mentality and intelligence—that's kind of where about where I place her. And I hope that that as she gets older, that kind of catches up. I don't know if it catches up. I don't think it'll never catch up. I know that I'm not deluding myself, um, unless some miracle of science happens. But I hope that she kind of can work her way up. She's doing very good, and uh, I, I say four or five year old, but there are some aspects where she's better, some where she's worse. I don't foresee her leaving us. So I have a feeling that I will be living with my wife and my daughter for the next 20, hopefully 25, 30, 40 years. So that's just what I have come to realize and come to grips with (laughs) some, some days are harder than others. Um, uh, We have a nice little, I don't say call it a suite, but my son has a bedroom with a, a attached bathroom down here. Um, we, we thought about putting on maybe a little kitchenette down here behind the curtain, actually, um, where maybe we can, at some point when my son moves out, move my daughter down here and work with her about, you know, being self-reliant. Um, but she literally still needs help getting dressed in the morning. So eh, you never know. And she doesn't take stairs. Well, like she can do them, but I get nervous. Like I make sure she holds onto that railing really tight. So we'll see. Um. Anything could happen. I'm not going to predict the future, but we'll go. Tim says he wants to stay there at his place until the cat devours his dead body. Yeah, they will too, man. Those cats, I don't don't trust them, man. They're not. They're not calling the cops if uh, if you're cold. All right, everybody, it's 10:45. I'm going to wrap this up now. Um. That's a weird after show. It was a weird after show, but I'm okay with
2: that. I want to thank Terry for dialing in from Kosamui with Luke. And um, thanks to everyone who joined on the board. I know it's uh it's it's not as
0: late as it excuse me, it's not as late as it used to be. Which is kind of nice. I think this whole eight o'clock thing is gonna work out better for everybody. Especially as we get older. So for Terry and Luke. I'm Johnny V. Remember, sign up at Skip Ace, become a Pro member, get eligible for those OTB gift certificates, and it just really helps the site. The more people that can sign up for Pro, the uh, the the more I can put into programming every year, and I, I, maybe I won't lose ten to fifteen thousand dollars a year on that site <laughs> as I have for the last couple of years. Ooh, don't tell my wife, um, but uh, it's it's a it's a labor of love. So I'm Johnny V. Sign up at Skip Ace. This has been podcast episode 492's After Show. We'll see you next week when you step inside the Smashbox.
1: Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time.